Now for any of you who have ever struggled to find a purpose in your life, you need to hear this this morning because this is good news. A lot of people struggle to find purpose, you know, whether it's, whether it's a kid in college doesn't really know what they want to do yet. What's my purpose? Maybe it's, it's someone that they're just settling into their first job. It's, it's a nine to five and they start thinking, well, what's, what's my purpose? Maybe it's the parent who sends the kids off to college and now they're empty nesters. Well, what's my purpose? Maybe it's, it's the people in the later or, or last stages of life. They, they had spent their whole lives caring for other people and now they need to be cared for. What's my purpose? What's your purpose? You are a priest of God. The following is a sermon from Peace Lutheran, a church located in downtown Aiken, South Carolina. For more information and for more content, go to peaceinaiken.com. For the sermon this morning, we read from Genesis chapter 18. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing. To kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike, far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find fifty righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, Though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than fifty? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find forty-five there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, what if only forty are found there? He said, for the sake of forty I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, For the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. This is God's word. This morning, we're thinking all about prayer, right? And so a sermon on prayer, well, this, this could really be 
a short sermon because prayer really isn't that complicated. Maybe we could define prayer as speaking to God, right? Speaking to God from the heart, whether that's with words, through thoughts, even through, through groaning, as the Apostle Paul tells us. It's communicating with the divine. It's amazing, but it's, it's not that complicated. But I think we can do more than just a definition. How about this morning instead, we really go for it. How about we take a look at Abraham's prayer and say a prayer of our own that the Lord would make a real difference in the way that we pray. Let me say that prayer for us right now. Dear Lord, as Abraham approached you in prayer, as he spoke to you in this conversation, grant to us that same privilege. And as Abraham prayed confidently, as he prayed compassionately for other people, Lord, teach us to do the same. Amen. Three aspects of Abraham's prayer that we're praying make a difference in the way that we pray. First one, Abraham approaches the Lord in conversation. In conversation. How does that happen? Well, the Lord was, was just standing there. Literally standing there like I'm standing right here before you. The Lord was standing there. Let me give you a little background to this account. The Lord and two angels had come down in human form, had visited Abraham and Sarah. And now these, these three men, the Lord and two angels, they're walking with Abraham. And that's when the Lord speaks. He tells Abraham about Sodom and Gomorrah. He's going to go check out those cities and see how bad their sin really is. And this is where it gets interesting because the Lord says that and the two men, the two angels, they keep going towards the city, but the Lord hangs back. And Abraham's just standing there, standing before the Lord. And now before we go any further, do you realize what's already happened? How the Lord has graciously given Abraham his ear. He's invited him into this personal one-on-one -on -one conversation with God. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to tell Abraham about his plans for Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't have to hang back while the other two went on. And he certainly did not have to let Abraham stand before him. Abraham admits it. He knows who he is. He says, I'm nothing but dust and ashes. Abraham knows he's a sinner standing before a holy God. He has no business being there. And yet entirely, out of the Lord's mercy, Abraham can stand before the Lord and approach him in this back and forth conversation. I want to push that into your prayer life just a little bit. Maybe the, the place to begin with prayer is, well, what a miracle it is that this communicating with the divine can even happen. Because we're like Abraham. We're, we're dust and ashes. We are sinners standing before a holy God. And yet entirely out of God's mercy, he allows this conversation to happen. He allows us to stand before him. And yet the days go by where we stand there. And while we stand there, we keep standing there, and we never approach. We, 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 never, we never continue this conversation. 
Why, why is that, do you suppose? I'll be honest, there, there have been times in my life, maybe, maybe you can relate, you're, you're praying to God, and it sort of feels like you're just talking to yourself. You ever get that? You, you know you're praying to God, but it sort of sounds, it feels like you're, you're shooting these prayer waves up into outer space, and you're just sort of hoping somebody is, is receiving them at the other end, but you're not really sure someone's listening. You ever get that? Or, or maybe it's, it's with prayer, it's, it's starting the prayer. You know, what do you say? What do you say to God? I mean, what, is, what, is, what does he want to hear from you? God, the judge of the earth, the creator of the universe, what are you going to say to God? Praying isn't always the easiest thing, is it? It could be a struggle. It can be something we need to grow in, something we need to practice at. So I don't want to just club you over the head and say, well, be more like Abraham. Abraham did it, why can't you? Instead of just focusing on on who Abraham is, I want you to focus on who God is. Because in this conversation between Abraham and God, do you notice who starts the conversation? God. God speaks first. And so in our prayer lives, God speaks first in his word. He starts that conversation and he invites us to respond. And he erases those doubts and those fears that no one's actually listening to us because as he speaks to us in his word, he reveals who he is. He's not some impersonal energy force out in outer space, but he is the word who became flesh. The son of God who became a man who walked this earth. Who felt what you feel. Who knows what it's like to be a human. And this is the God who invites you into this back and forth conversation. You notice how our our worship service this morning reflects that? How God speaks to us in his word. We speak to God in prayer. God speaks to us. It's this back and forth conversation. And and you notice even our, our posture as we pray, what do we often do? We, we stand for prayer. And then in the, in the prayer of the church this morning, you're going to hear it. We, we often say this, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. But it's not just Sunday morning. Sunday morning sets a pattern, sets a rhythm for this lifelong conversation with God as God walks with us every single day. I want to tell you about my grandma for just a second. My grandma, she's been emailing a good friend of hers every day. I, I asked her last night, I said, Grandma, how long have you been emailing this friend of yours every single day? She said, Ethan, I'm not entirely sure, but we're guessing it's around 10 years. I think my, my, I think my grandma's probably being humble. It's probably more like 15 years. But every day, every day she's talking to this friend. They never run out of things to talk about. Just back and forth, back and forth. That's what you get with God. A lifelong friend. You can talk to anything you want. Back and forth. And for 10, 20, 50 years, this conversation just keeps going. Never going to run out of things to talk about. God's going to keep speaking to you and you're going to have a ton of things you're going to want to tell him about. That's the first one. Second one, Abraham approaches the Lord confidently. Where we left off in this story, Abraham had just approached the Lord. He's starting this conversation, and did you hear what he said? 
God had told them about, about Sodom and Gomorrah, and then Abraham responds, and he says, really? You're going to wipe away the, the righteous with the wicked? Really, God, you, the, the holy and just judge of the earth, is going to do You're going to do that? Oh, Abraham, you know, tell him how you really feel. Abraham really goes at it. And he doesn't, he doesn't say, I'm sorry, I must have crossed some line. No, he doesn't do that. He prays five more times. Each prayer even more bold than the last. Spare the city, Lord. Spare the city for the sake of 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. Spare the city for the sake of 10. I don't know if, if you're one that's good at bartering, you know, haggling a lower price. I am awful at it. I always give up. But, and, and I'm not talking, you know, the Facebook market level stuff where you can sort of hide behind a screen, throw them a low ball offer and see what they say. No, this, what Abraham is doing, what Abraham is doing is the real deal. Saturday morning, garage sale, bartering, right? He, he is going face to face with God. He's going lower and lower and lower. Spare the city for the sake of ten. I'll be the first to admit I'm not good at bartering, and I'll be the first to admit that it gets me thinking about the way I approach God in prayer. Abraham, he, he's praying for Sodom and Gomorrah. He knows these cities. He knows, they're, he knows they're wicked. He knows they should just get smoked by God. But Abraham doesn't say, well, nothing I can do. It's too late. See you later, God. I think sometimes we might sound like that, though. It's too late, nothing we can do. You know, if we hear that diagnosis and stage four. Too late, nothing we can do. Or, or maybe, you know, I've been, I've been single for ten years, I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been looking for someone, and nothing's, nothing's come of it. Do I just give up? It's not meant to be. Or my, my daughter's been away from church for five years. I've been praying, but nothing seems to be coming of it. So it, it can be the big things like that, or it can be the little things. Well, why would I want to bother God? Right? What, does he really want to hear that from me? I don't, I, don't need a, I don't need to approach him this time. Instead of praying confidently, do we sometimes pray cautiously? Maybe we'll throw one prayer up, and then if it doesn't happen, well, that's that. But where does Abraham's confidence, where does that persistence to keep going, where does that come from? I think it comes from a promise that he heard pretty recently from the Lord. When, when the Lord told Abraham and Sarah that, that Sarah in her old age was going to have a son. It's the same promise that Abraham would not just be the father at a hundred, the father of one, but Abraham would be the father of many. He'd be the father of a great nation. This is the same promise that out of this great nation would come into the world the Savior of the world. Abraham's confident because he knows God's son is coming from his family. And Abraham's confident because he knows that he himself is a part of God's family. Confidence in the promise. That's where our confidence comes from. If it, if it were a timeline, Abraham's over here. He's looking ahead to the promised Savior, right? 
We're over here. We're looking back to the Savior who was pierced. The Son of God, the perfect Son of God, who took all of God's holy judgment to spare us sinners, all for the sake of us. That's the promise we hold on. We hold on to this promise. This promise right here that's for you and for your children. The promise that you are a child of God by faith. 4,000 years later after Abraham, here you are. Children of Abraham, children of the promise by faith. And so we can pray just as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father. No prayer is too late, too ambitious, too annoying, too anything. The Lord promises to listen. And the Lord doesn't break his promise. Abraham approaches the Lord in conversation. Abraham approaches the Lord in confidence. One more this morning. Abraham approaches the Lord compassionately. You notice who he's praying for. He's not praying for himself. He's praying for these cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, known to be just these wicked and vile cities. Yes, you may know that he has a nephew, Lot, and family in that city, but we don't even hear Abraham name them. He's praying for the whole city. It's, it's so selfless. It's so loving. These people in Sodom and Gomorrah, they're carrying on their lives like nothing's happening. They're sinful lives. They have no idea that a man by the name of Abraham is pleading their case before the Lord. They have no idea he's doing that. But not only is Abraham pleading and the Lord is listening. The Lord does something. The Lord says to Abraham, okay, okay, I'll spare the city for the sake of ten. The Christian has a tremendous responsibility in prayer. I think it's easy to, to see prayer as maybe just this one-way thing we've got with God, right? God gives us something, we give something to God, we ask something from God, God gives it to us. It's just me and God, right? And we, we sort of forget about the whole rest of the world that's out there. But what God does is, is he opens our eyes to all the people who need our prayers. He opens our eyes to that uncle, to that single mother, to that senator, to the president, to the soldier who's about to be deployed. He opens our eyes to all these people. And he opens our ears to the crying and the pain and the suffering. And he invites us to do something. He invites us to pray. Now for any of you who have ever struggled to find a purpose in your life, you need to hear this this morning. Because this is good news. A lot of people struggle to find purpose. You know, whether it's, whether it's a kid in college, doesn't really know what they want to do yet. What's my purpose? Maybe it's, it's someone that they're just settling into their first job. It's, it's a nine to five and they start thinking, well, what's, what's my purpose? Maybe it's the parent who sends the kids off to college and now they're empty nesters. Well, what's my purpose? Maybe it's, it's the people in the later or, or last stages of life. They, they had spent their whole lives caring for other people, and now they need to be cared for. What's my purpose? What's your purpose? 
You are a priest of God. Did you know that? You are God's priest. Every Christian is a priest of God. And as a priest of God, you get to pray for other people. It's such a selfless and loving act. They may have no idea that you're praying for them, impacting their lives. You're not going to receive any recognition or praise for any of it. You simply pray. But not only do you pray, but the Lord listens. The Lord does something about it. He actually considers your prayers as he rules the world. Abraham got to do that for Sodom and for Gomorrah. And the Lord listened. Abraham, Father Abraham, the good father of our faith, is, is praying for these wicked and vile cities. Does that not give you a peek into your Savior's heart? Jesus prayed a lot. You know what Jesus was praying about the night before he died? He's praying for you. You were on his heart. As he's staring death in the face, he's praying for you. In John 17, you you hear Jesus is praying that the love of God would be in your hearts. And not only was he praying, but God was listening. Because here you are today. You are an answer to God's prayer. Isn't that something? You're an answer to Jesus' prayer. Because the love of God is in your hearts as you pray for all sorts of different people. And as the Lord listens. That's all I've got this morning. I think there's really only one way we can close a sermon like this. Let's approach the Lord. As children of the promise, let's talk to God. Let's do it boldly. Let's do it confidently. Let's do it compassionately. And let's stand. Let's stand as we pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, in your mercy, continue to speak to us in your word and continue to hear our prayers. In your grace, give us confidence as your children. And in your love and your wisdom, rule the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray.